Hey, uh, welcome back to Cowboys of Dixie, proudly sponsored by Farm Tea Company. Be sure to shop farmteaco.com or visit her Instagram, TikTok, or Facebook at Farm Tea Co. To not only support the cowboy, but to show you're proud to be a farmer or rancher or proud to support the farmer or rancher within your own state. From t-shirts to sweaters to stickers for your laptop, tractor, truck. She's got it covered. All 50 states and the softest material, but yet durable enough to break coats in. Use my code Cowboys at Dixie online for 15% off of your order and free shipping on all orders over $50. Now, to get into today's episode, today we are cowboying with Miss Esperanza from Riding to Win. How are you, Esperanza? I'm doing so great. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you. Thank you for coming on with us. So, for my listeners that don't know who you are, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, who you are, where you're from, and just a little backstory on you. Yeah, totally. So my name is Esperanza, and I am at Writing to Win on Instagram. Um, I'm a Black cowgirl, born and raised in Oakland, California. I actually came up with um, the Oakland Black Horsemen's Association. First horse I ever rode was this um, Cowboys um, red roan stud. I was three years old. I had, that was before helmets and all the safety. I just got bareback on a stallion, which is probably unsafe, um, but totally changed my life. Um, I, I've been riding horses since I was three. So for 40 years, um, and horses have really helped to shape who I am, um, and how I come to this work. I chased cans for years. I feel like you can't be a real cowgirl unless you go out here and try and chase, chase cans. Um, you know, after I had my baby, I'm, I'm no easy keeper. I'm an easy keeper now. I, I don't, I don't keep it thin like I used to and speed sports are for the skinny. So, um, you know, a few years ago I switched over to Western pleasure, um, and have been riding Western pleasure. This will be my second year showing in American paint horse association. Oh, wow. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. So you grew up around, around cowboys. You know, I did. So, you know, Oakland, California is a city. Um, and growing up, you know, I lived in a place called East Oakland, California, which I would say most people would think of as whatever you think a ghetto is, that's probably where I'm from. Um, I didn't think anything of it. I think when you grow up in a place, you just grow up in that place and you don't, you don't have all those names and labels. Um, but in the, in the afternoons, there was a program that some black cowboys ran, um, up in the hills and the hills were kind of, um, where we thought wealthy people lived and, um, it backed onto a park onto a regional park. And so there was a, a place called that ended up being Oakland City Stables. Um, it originally was a dressage barn. And my dad got me a, a horse when I was nine named Honey Bear, just a little pally pony, you know, like a, it was probably a POA. It was like 14 one. So it was just tall enough for me to not be able to get on in my saddle. Um, and just big and just small enough that when I'd fall off, I didn't get hurt too bad. Um, and I, when I was nine years old, I, I, my parents put a horse up there for me and um, I started riding horses. I couldn't lift my own saddle. My dad was a crazy California black cowboy and he bought me, I still have a 42 pound saddle. I couldn't have been more than 90 pounds wet and um, I couldn't put that saddle on Honey Bear's back. And so for a year and a half, I rode bareback. Um, and I, I, you know, I ride something called horsemanship now, which is all about equitation. And, and I think it's hundred percent because I had to ride bareback for so many years uh, on Honey yeah. Bear. Um, you know, when I was 16, um, gangs were huge in Oakland. There was a lot of um, attacks on black folks. They were incarcerating black people at alarming rates. We know now that that was totally systemic racism and intentional. Um, but to keep me out of the fray, my parents bought me a horse and, um, I got a little, I think we paid $800 for this grade horse, two year, two years old. 
I don't know why people think you can put a two-year-old on, about put a 16-year-old on a two-year-old, but that's how my black cowboy friends did it. And yeah. so I got on this horse and I trained this horse from nothing to something and ran barrels on it. We had the Bill Pickett rodeo that would come to Oakland, um, come to Hayward, and many of the black cowboys were involved with, with turning out people, and we'd ride in the grand entry, and we'd run barrels there, um, both in Oakland and down in LA, um, so that was definitely part of what I felt like I was a part of. And then, you know, black cowboys, we did trail riding, we had clinics, um, pinning was really big at that time, and so we'd go and sort cattle, like, you know, at other people's ranches, or people would have yeah. three or four steers or something, it wasn't you know, it's not like what you do, but, <laughs> um, but, you know, we, we had cookouts and, you know, we black cowboy and um, it was really nice to know and be raised in a tradition where people look like me and talk like me and rode like me. And, um, you know, some people had a lot, some people had the nicest trailer and the nicest truck and the nicest horse. Um, and some people didn't. And I, I definitely didn't, you know, I had a W saddle that had been handed down to a girl and handed down to me. Um, and, uh, you know, I had this little $800 grade black horse, um, and I was out there, nobody really gave me any tear shade about it. I was really a part of that community. Um, and, and I loved it. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm so grateful. Yeah. And, and that's, you just said a couple of interesting facts. The first thing is, uh, the Bill Pickett Rodeo being hosted over in, in Oakland that, that I didn't know. I thought Bill, I thought it stayed it stayed up there. I, I never knew it traveled outside of when it just traveled for um, the PBR. Yeah, so, so it was a thing, man. Like they would come and and I would say it was, it was about, it was when I first started driving. So I probably was 95, 94 and we rode in the Oakland. It was like right outside of Oakland, but basically the mm -hmm. Oakland picket. And then we got in a car and two days later we were riding down in LA. And then I yeah. believe it would go over to Texas, you know, go back down to Texas. And we just had these two stops, but it was so pivotal for us. You know, I think mm -hmm. that, well, you know, you talk about this all the time, like this idea that black cowboys don't exist. Um, mm -hmm. And then to be outside of a place where, cow where cowboys don't, people don't think of Oakland as like being the home of cowboys anyway. So, yeah. you know, you've got this very urban center and then you've got a bunch of us walking in, after, you know, to a Mexican restaurant after we've been riding all day with spurs and hats and mm -hmm. talking about horses and, and the Bill Pickett really made it possible for us to feel connected to a deep legacy of yeah. black cowboying. Yeah. And, and you grew up, you grew up in a, in a light that um, very few people I talked to, um, grew up seeing uh actually out of everyone i've i've interviewed it's only two other people who who, who mentioned something that you just mentioned one's ivan and then the other one is um a younger cowgirl named uh margie from coffee cowgirls they both um margie was bringing out how she grew up in oklahoma in a in oklahoma city area and up until recently she didn't know there was a such thing as white cowboys <laughs> she she saw her cowboy world she grew up all around her her family her her cowboys like black all black cowboys so her cowboy world was the complete opposite than america's cowboy cowboy world and she didn't know that and like ivan ivan was saying that he grew up around a lot of black cowboys but he also saw the movies and everything so he didn't feel comfortable calling his he he, he mentioned he didn't call any of the black cowboys he grew up around cowboys because he cowboys had to be white in his mind so even though they were doing the same stuff and more 
he didn't feel like he was allowed to call these these ranchers over here cowboys because they weren't because they weren't white and on tv that's that's how they all looked Mm -hmm. and so you just mentioned um how you grew up going to the bill picket traveling with the bill picket you grew up around black cowboys um and that's that's something special in itself because that's something i'm a black cowboy and i i I was i was telling ivan i've never been to like 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 whenever you guys are talking about these black rodeos and everything it's foreign language to me because i never knew i actually just recently found out any of it existed um Mm. as far as all black rodeos i just found out when i met ivan a couple of years ago that any of the the black rodeos and and all black things like existed i thought i was just like a lone wolf because like when i was in tennessee it was it was white cowboys when i was like now that i'm in texas it's mostly like hispanic cowboys and white cowboys so i never i never show up to a place where it's more than where it's me and then someone else that that's a that's a cowboy and so it's very interesting to hear you guys's aspect um because it's just it's just interesting to know that you guys grew up seeing like black cowboys um, all over the place. I would offer, I mean, from, you know, my, my dad, Lucas Dalmont, um, it has been riding horses. I always infatuated. He's actually from New York city. I mean, talk about a city slicker and, um, he loved horses and he put me on horses when I was a baby and they've just been a part of our lives. And I think actually similarly, um, so my experience with, with in the barn that I was in, in, in city stables before, you know, when I was young and had honey bear was that white people rode these big dressage horses. You know, these mass, I mean, I had this little 14 one horse, right? So I'm riding around on my bareback on my little pony um, with my Wranglers. And there are these women who are riding these 17, 18 hand horse. I mean, they look like war horses. And, and that's what I thought. I thought, oh, these white people riding. I thought white people rode English and that was like their thing. They were white people mm-hmm. were equestrians and black people were cowboys. So in my mind, I didn't really know white cowboys either. I mean, I kind of had an idea um, one thing I always loved about the or- Oakland Black Horsemen's Association is that we would get these history lessons on Black people in horse and cowboy in, in the equestrian mm-hmm. industry. So, you know, the curb bit is made by a Black man. Um, just like ev- everything. Oh, wow. the, so a Black man made a curb bit. There ain't no mm-hmm. curb, back, curb bit without a Black man. Mm-hmm. And, um, and all these things that are so integral to the industry that we just sort of have whitewashed in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, we would have these deep history lessons about, um, I think, you know, stuff that kind of is more popularized now, um, mm-hmm. but everything from the Lone Ranger actually being a black man um, to who Bill Pickett was and his legacy, um, yeah. you know, stagecoach, they're just stagecoach Mary, a lot of black people and how we were part of um, part of American history. I feel like one yeah. of the things today, especially that feels important is like black history is American history. There is no cowboy industry without black people. And so for us to somehow feel not included feels, well, feels untrue. It's just not yeah. actually true. Yeah. Um, been here and, and we ain't going nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, we're still doing great things. Yeah, yeah. And and I was just watching uh, the uh, biography um, like thing that Cody Johnson just put out. And he, it's on a, Netflix or Amazon Prime it's on one of those but it's it's about his life story and how he became a cowboy and he brought out all throughout through all throughout it that he became a cowboy because of a black cowboy that was his mentor that's the person who who taught him rodeo and everything and and um 
he just recently passed away. And I think Cody Johnson said that he, he left him his, his buckle that, that, that he won and everything, but he was bringing out how like, like he, he would show up and he would be the only white cowboy at these rodeos like because like his mentor is black cowboys he went to black rodeos and i just thought that was extremely interesting um interesting to hear but that's what i I, and i tell a lot of people that if you go around and you talk to just cowboys um no matter what color they are you'll you'll find that white cowboys are always bragging on bragging on their black cowboy friends i was like when i when i'm in an area with just cowboys even if i'm the only black cowboy they're they're respecting me it's more so the media that takes the narrative and tries to push out the black cowboy more than the cowboy community itself. Um, and, and I've, I've found that a lot. If you talk to like a lot of black cowboys, they'll tell you, I don't really have the issues with the actual cowboys themselves. I mean, of course there's their, there's exceptions, but for the most part, you don't have problems with the cowboys themselves, the equestrians themselves. It's usually the media that just decides to write off the, the, the black cowboy story. And so it's a question I didn't have it planned, but being that you were um, a part of like traveling with Bill Pickett back in the nineties and everything, I just have like, well, well, with Bill Pickett rodeo yeah. <laughs> back in the nineties and everything, <laughs> back in the nineties and everything. It's, I, I have a question. Um, and it was something that I spoke on um, because it was a movie that came out that everybody was really hype about um, because the Bill Pickett name was, was, was on there. But then the movie came out and the Bill Pickett, <laughs> instead of Bill Pickett being who he was, he was depicted as like a gunslinging thug in the movie. And they took a lot of black cowboy names and put them into that. So I just want to know what your thoughts are on that movie. Um, Can I not say the name of the movie? Yeah. I won't, uh-huh. Okay. Okay. I won't <laughs> say it. But first of all, let me just tell you, for me, I'm like, I'm black every day, but I'm especially blacky black black when a black cowboy movie comes out. So yeah. um, I was 100% here for the, the, the movie was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like it was gorgeous. The sound was gorgeous. The, the, bla- the playlist is like, hello, every day in my car playlist. I'm like 100% here for it. Yeah. You know, I, I take I take some exceptions with the movie. I think that, you know, I think there's a lot of challenges, you know, so Stagecoach Mary is a good example. They have a light skinned woman playing her and she's a very dark skinned, heavy set woman. And there's a whitewashing of African-Americans and of black Americans that has happened that implies that somehow, you know, especially back in the day that lighter skinned black people are sort of exotic and we're the exception and, and we're okay. Mm-hmm. And then dark skinned people are seen as kind of evil and bad. And so I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't pleased with that particular casting choice, you know, do I have take, you know, listen, it's a, it's a movie. I think the real problem is we don't have enough movies that look at black people and all the things that we've done. So they had to throw every black cowboy in quotations that they've ever heard of and put them into one movie to kind of make up this story. Um, You know, I don't think it was a great Western. I was upset that they couldn't ride. I was like, all these black people that come out here teaching about ride. Um, And there there weren't enough horses that, you know, there were things that make a Western a Western. Mm-hmm. I love me a Western. Okay. Um, and there was some stuff in there that didn't, didn't track for me, but um, I, I think that, that it doesn't matter because mm-hmm. what it caused, I think in the black community was black people to say, we've been here, we're part of this legacy. And it's caused a whole bunch of people to do research and get to know and connect to these old roots that they frankly wouldn't care about any other way. It's the same way, yeah. you know, that famous person who created that movie's wife did a whole rodeo inspired line with a big shoe company. Um, you know, that 
They didn't have to do that. She's from Texas, she didn't have to do that. Um, but what she drew attention, right? So she gives Ivan from eight seconds a, an amazing opportunity to do this great piece of work with the first black rodeo queen in Arkansas. So there's all these ways that like these opportunities in media and entertainment are giving those of us who are on the ground doing the writing, part of this culture, been in this culture, gonna be in this culture, um, some space to bring other people in. Yeah. And that's what we need. We need more black people who see this as theirs. Um, who, who can reconnect with that, with that part of the culture that for many of us was just taken away. You know, mm -hmm. you, you got moved off the, we got off, moved off the ranches and into cities and people started doing city factory work and other kinds of work. And this part of our mm -hmm. history has been, been left behind, but you know, you meet mm -hmm. a black person who meets a horse and they're like, oh, I didn't know. And I'm like, oh, this is in your soul, baby. Yeah. This is in yeah. your soul, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's one of the things, and, and, and that's one of the reasons why I did I had like why I had like sort of an issue. I thought it was a great movie, um, but I felt like they could have used different names and the movie still would have had the same the same impact. They didn't like, but I feel like I feel like Bill Pickett got picked up by the, like in the same year Bill Pickett gets picked up by the PBR for the first time and all this big stuff is happening for Bill Pickett. It was enough hype around the Bill Pickett name itself to make a Bill Pickett movie that tells you who Bill Pickett really is. Because even if some people do research, 100% of people aren't going to do research that see the movie. And so we're still losing a percent of people who, who or you have people who they're like, they, they automatically just think that Black people are, are gunslinging thugs. So if they see the movie, it just, like, they're not going to do research because it, it lines up with what they what they think anyways. They aren't going to go and look up these people or anything. And so I that, that was my only issue is that I felt like Bill Pickett had more than enough, has more than enough pull around his name. Um, because if you mentioned, you mentioned Black Cowboys, you mentioned Bill Pickett first. That's everybody knows Bill Pickett. And so I was, I, I just, I just felt like Bill Pickett had, more than enough hype around his name in order to I feel like they would have actually made more money if they would have made an actual Bill Pickett movie based on the true Bill Pickett instead of using his name because it had a lot of hype based off of Bill Pickett being in it and then that hype went way away as soon as people saw the movie and it ain't too late honey let's get that Bill Pickett movie going okay so yeah. like, that's the thing too is you know because I often feel like because we're so underrepresented, we think one thing mm -hmm. is the thing. And I, I mean, part of my own journey now is like, you know, it's never too late and, and we're still making history. Bill Pickett, ain't, yeah. you know, he's the first bulldogger, but he, uh, mm -hmm. you know, he's not, he's not the last. Yeah. Um, and look at all these amazing black men and women who are in the PBR um, mm -hmm. that are actually like riding at the full level. Um, two brothers won the jackpot, like the, the World Series down for, um, for roping in Vegas yeah. over the holidays. Like, you know, we've been here and we are winning. We're winning in the competition. And I hope reframing what it means just to be a cowboy. I love that you say like, I don't wanna be, I just want when people, I don't wanna have to be a black cowboy. I just want people to say cowboy, they know that they need mm -hmm. me and I, um, I love being black, so I don't have no problem telling people black cowboy all day, all day, all day. It's a history, mm -hmm. it's a legacy, but I totally resonate with that. I would love to just yeah. be able to come out and do my thing, you know, mm -hmm. and yeah. one day, one day yeah. we will. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, something you just mentioned uh, is, is skin, it's like skin complexion of black people. So you're extremely light skinned. <laughs> um, and also your name is like a Hispanic name. And so 
why when, when but when you go to your page the very first thing in your bio is black cowgirl the very first word is is, is black why is it why is that so much so so important to you to to make sure that's known yeah well first it's because i'm black um my mom is black from louisiana so my mom has blonde hair and blue eyes and if you've ever been down to louisiana and you've seen black people black people look like everything um, and I, and I certainly, and if you go and look, my dad is on Instagram. If you go and look, you might think my dad is an African-American man. My dad's actually black from Puerto Rico. He's not JLo Puerto Rican. We're not that kind of Puerto Rican. We are black skinned because, yeah. because the, the enslaved African trade went to Puerto Rico, went to Cuba, mm-hmm. all these places. And people are like, oh, you're Latino. And I'm like, I, I'm not really, I'm not really Latino. I'm black yeah. and I'm black. Um, mm-hmm. And the experience of black people is very similar all over the world. We, you know, we are gener- it, black, anti-blackness lives everywhere. And so, um, and the one place that I think it, and so my name is, I'm just named after my grandmother on my grand, on my dad's side. So my name is Esperanza. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm hella light. My wife calls me generationally light skin. Everybody in my mm-hmm. family is light. My, my, you know, my son is light. His dad's super dark. Like everybody, you know, my dad's dark. I'm still light. Like we're just, mm-hmm. we're just generate. We're just that we have that gene. I have a gene for light skinness. Yeah. Um, and I think it's important. I, you know, I don't want to overstate, right? Because I do think there was a time when being light skin was super prized. And mm-hmm. I don't, I don't love that. I don't want to be exotified or in some way I'm made to be special. Um, but I want to remind people that blackness is not a monolith. There's not one kind of black. Black is everything. It's cowboys, it's businessmen, it's, it's stockbrokers, right? It's, it's homeless people. I mean, it's, it's everything. We get to live yeah. in our fullness. And, um, and the reason that I name that I'm black is because my experience, regardless of my skin color, as soon as I open my mouth, you know, I'm black. Yeah. If you're black, listen, white people never think I'm white. Never, I never gone nowhere and had a white person be like, oh, are you German? No, <laughs> don't nobody ask me that. White people know I'm not, white people know I'm black. Um, and I think that black people who try and make me something else need to check with themselves about why they so badly want me to not be black. Um, I take a lot of pride in being black. I, I love being black. Um, I think early on, because I'm so fair, I did have to, I did have to make a choice. You know, I could have easily gone and said, I'm Puerto Rican and pretended that I'm, you know, whatever that means to people, although Puerto Ricans know I'm black too. Um, Because when you go to Puerto Rico, if you don't have straight hair and a a kind of a straight nose, they know. Um, And that's the thing is like, instead of being something I'm not, I just chose to anchor into what I am. And um, if we have to be in a dialogue about how, about the variety of black or why my name is Latino or Spanish or what it feels like to to live my life, you know, I'm, I'm happy to do that. I'll talk about whatever, yeah. um, but I'm not ever going to take away all that my ancestors have done to get me here. Um, I know the name of the first African ancestor I have that came over on a boat, um, and I am named for her. My middle name is Kersaya, and I am named for her. And um, and I have a long legacy. I know my people. I know where my people are from. Um, I can trace back to the home that we lived in. And so I think when you know yourself, especially in the South, I think I think it's different for people in different places. But if you're Southern and um, particularly in Louisiana, we, we have a deep lineage there. And, and, you know, I don't, I don't fuck around. Like I, it just is what it is, you know, and it's, yeah. it's really clear. I would also say if you've ever been to New Orleans, if you were, you know, if you haven't, you should go because it's a blast. I like um, to be there in like two weeks. Hello, you're going to have the best time of your life at the <laughs> Um, 
So when you go to New Orleans, you also see that. Uh, so I went to school in New Orleans. I went to Xavier University of Louisiana. I'm Black Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not actually light skinned in New Orleans. I wouldn't, I would not be considered light. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a red bone because light there is blonde hair, blue eyes, and very yeah. straight. So, um, you know, and, and like, I want it to be known that I'm black. I don't want to slide in on some other something. Um, and I think that because people, I think because of anti-blackness politically, I think the way the anti-blackness shows up in, in all places is people trying to act as if black is not good. And I think black is not only good, it's great. It's who I am. It's part of a legacy of greatness, black excellence. Um, and I want to claim that. I want to be all up in that. Mm-hmm. Ain't, nothing, ain't nothing but pride there for me. No shame. Yeah. And, and I agree with you 100%. And that's something that I say about, um, that's something that, that, that I say just period uh, is that we need to accept diversity within our own culture as well. Um, because like one of the biggest reasons why, like Ivan was bringing out in his podcast, you put a basketball in the black in a black man's hand, everybody accepts it. You put a football in the black man's hand, everybody accepts it. You put a cowboy hat on a black man, everybody's looking at it like, what is he doing over there? Um, and and it's because we aren't we aren't looked at as diverse. And so and then now that they're and one thing that I always touch on that I touch on is lot a lot is I mean I always get a disclaimer. I love the urban cowboys, so I love Compton Cowboys and and all of them. Um, and I love everything they're doing and, and everything they have going for them. But I do have an issue that the media only shows the black cowboy as the urban cowboy. Totally. And, and so that's, that's, that's my issue is that, um, I don't want you to get it confused that I am saying anything wrong towards urban cowboys or Captain Cowboys, because I, I love them 100% and I'm 100% for everything they have going on. Um, within the urban communities, but I, it, where, where we have the same diversity that every other cowboy has. We have ranchers, we have farmers, we have, we have all of these things. And it's like it, the media only shows the black cowboy when it's an urban cowboy or when Beyonce puts on a hat or Lil Nas or Drake or someone puts on a hat. But they, you don't see James Pickens Jr. all over the media right. when, he, when he's rodeoing. You don't see these black cowboys that are ranching and farming and actually doing black cowboy stuff. Um, like out, out there, you only see the trail riders and the urban cowboys that are, that are put out there, um, which is painting the narrative. And, and Ivan helped, helped me to look at it in a different, in a different perspective uh, where he mentioned the reason why that's, that's that way is because the urban cowboy still aligns with everything they believe about the black exactly. man. That's right. And so, but the ranching cowboy, we, we, we don't align with what they believe, what they want to believe the black man is. We don't like, like we aren't in Jordans. We aren't, we aren't in, like, we don't live in the hood and we aren't trying to escape games, gangs and, and all of this stuff. So they aren't now, now mind you, I grew up in Detroit city. So I grew up in the most <laughs> dangerous city within America. <laughs> and, and, but you wouldn't know, knowing me now because now I live in Texas my family are from Mississippi so I grew up in the city but I was raised by a mom from Mississippi who didn't play and my granddad was from Kingston Jamaica so I like Jamaica and Mississippi was just (laughs) you just didn't uh you didn't act like a city kid up there (laughs) and so I grew up with my southern roots and so as I got older I just decided to go that route instead but um but 
people will will look at me and they will like but people will only accept the urban cowboy because they align with everything to believe about the black cowboy oh they wear black or black man they wear black baggy clothes they're in a and they live in the ghetto they they dress they don't dress with cowboy hat or if they dress with cowboy hats they add their fashion to it and everything but a, a cowboy who is in texas just ranching just like the other cowboys they're like we're not going to put him out there because he doesn't align with with what we want the world to to see as as the black person and and i think i think that's true but i'd also say it's it's also because cowboys have been cast as the white um as the as as white america like when people in when you go to you when you go to Europe or wherever and you go Latin America and they say oh you're a cowboy you say you're not a cowboy but what they're saying to me is oh you're not a white guy you're not a white yeah. guy with a horse and and we have baked in all of this um, we've baked in race we've baked baked in a set of morals and values we've baked in um, a lifestyle like a, a way of being into being cowboy that is cast as white it's George Strait. I mean, it's George Strait, right? And um, oh, I love George Strait, so it's not a diss. But I'm saying yeah, that we is all we all do. <laughs> we love in Texas. Um, and um, you know, the truth of the matter is that to allow us to out- allow Black people into the conversations to actually open up a conversation about well, what exactly are the values and morals, and how do we stand up mm-hmm. for those things? Um, and to, to be, to, to sort of name, you know, like I want to be a black cowboy. I want to be a black cowboy. I want to be a cowboy, but I'm not out here murdering Indians. That'll never yeah. be that. Mm-hmm. You know, that. People didn't do nothing to me. Um, and so there is a divergence then there, there has to then, then cowboys can no longer be a monolith. Now there has to be a diversity of the cowboy way. And mm-hmm. I think that that is the thing they don't want to touch. They don't want to have to actually go into and dig into, well, what part of this is real and what part of this is fantasy? Um, What part of being a white cowboy is fantasy? Because there's a lot of it. Let me tell you, I know a lot of white cowboys who can't step one foot on these horses now. They've Mm -hmm. never seen a cow. They don't know how to put put on a a shat, nothing. Yeah. Um, And nobody questions them. Nobody mm-hmm. questions them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Black people are trying to do this thing. And I think it is challenging. I would also say, you know, I was, I'd like all of us, is Black History Month. So all of us are getting hit up for television and commercials mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And, um, and I recently got, oh, last year, got passed over for a role in a commercial in favor of darker skinned, heavier set Black women, Black, mm-hmm. darker skinned Black women. Yeah. And I thought it was so interesting. Um, the women are beautiful and they, they should ride those horses. And I'm real proud mm-hmm. of them. I'm real proud of that company for casting black yeah. women on mm-hmm. horses to ride. That was awesome. I thought it was interesting that I got passed up. And the, and the reason when I watched them ride is, is that I was not, I don't fit the more dark enough. I don't, I'm not what they think black people look mm-hmm. like. And there's a racism in that. There's a kind yeah. of racism mm-hmm. that says, oh, you're too light or people won't get it if we go with you and not this yeah. dark woman instead of the fact that like, I can ride, I can ride a horse, I can outride you, yeah. I've been outriding you. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's more of the cowboy culture that I want to see the media pick up is that we actually are in that Agreed. sense. You know, we're strong yeah. riders, we're strong, we're, we're strong in what we do um, mm-hmm. as in, in our, our ability to cowboy is high and, and that let us be judged on that. One thing you said, if you don't mind, that I want to jump into that you said was, yeah. um, you know, that I don't feel that you feel like media is the one who recasts us. I will say that, you know, I, I ride Western Pleasure with the American mm-hmm. Painters Association. And last year was my first year. There only two, there was only one other Black person I know. She's actually um, in, in Texas. Her, her family's from Texas. I love them. We've okay. become fast friends. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and um, she's she's younger than I am. She's she's a novice am, and I ride in the walk trot. And um, you know, people said, well, you know, if you're black, you know, are you having a hard time because you're black? And I said, well, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm definitely having a hard time. It's not showing up in the ring. It's not the judges. The judges mm-hmm. aren't taking me down because I'm black. You know, it's the people around. So I walked in mm-hmm. last year into we we ride down in um South Point in in Vegas, which I yeah. love that arena. I don't know if you ever get a chance go in there. It's amazing. And um, I, went th- I went there during the NFR, but uh, I went well, I went to South Point during the NFR, yeah. but I didn't go to the arena. Oh, <laughs> I, arena. I think it was a concert or something there uh, that that I went to. That arena is one of my favorite arenas that I've ridden in. I mean, I like I like what's happening in Fort Worth too, but that arena for me is just like the best. It's, it's nice. It's a good facility, yeah. whatever. And good sand, you know, stuff you care about if you ride horses. Like, how's mm-hmm. that footing? It's great. Um, and we're down in South Point and I, I walk in with my dad. So it's me and my dad. Um, my dad's a vet. So my dad wears like, um, you know, he's a veteran from Vietnam War. He wears his Vietnam mm-hmm. veteran stuff. And, yeah. um, and vets are really respected, I think, in the cowboy world. And um, mm-hmm. we walk in. 100%. And... Um, and this white woman says to us, can I help you? And I look at her and my dad and I kind of smile. And I said, well, if you want to go lunge my two horses, they're just right down there. You're welcome to come help me. And she said, oh, oh no, I mean, can I help you? And what she's really asking me is, why are you down here? You don't belong mm-hmm. here. Yeah. You don't belong here. How can I help you find where you're going is what she was asking. Mm-hmm. And when I went back and told my, my, my team, they were like, really? And I was like, yeah, really. Um, mm-hmm. And they were so upset. My team, my teammates are white. They were so upset. They were like, how could she? And then they were like, well, let's find her and let's get her to let me <laughs> she can clean your stall. Like, yeah, you want to help? Yeah. yeah, you can help me. I got a ton of work mm-hmm. to do. Um, but the, the issue is that generally speaking, people don't believe that I belong. When I hop in that ring, it's me and my horse and I'm being judged on, on the content of my work. And I, I do believe that. Um, and yeah, people have asked yeah. me if I feel like I experienced racism in the ring and I, I don't really, I mean, I, you know, when I lose, I lose when I don't get placed, I didn't, I didn't ride for that placing. I get the placing I rode for. Um, you know, will that always be true? I can't say my body certainly looks different than other women's bodies. And, um, but you know, I, I ride that horse. Um, and I don't, and I work hard. I work hard for my placings. I work hard for everything I win and, and I get everything I lose too. I earned it all. Um, and I think it's just a good reminder that like, I don't think the racism is in the ring. I've had some racism with other competitors. It's, it's not so much, it's not like, it's just little, it's racist comments, you know, yeah. it's little racist mm-hmm. comments. Where, and, and I have, I have started, I have a new magic around it where I'm like, oh, don't be racist. Or I just like say it and move on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm also not engaging in deep political philosophical conversations with them. I don't, that's not what I'm there for. I'm there to ride my horse and I'm there to win a world championship. Um, and I'm yeah. real about that. Yeah. And that was, that was actually going to be one of my questions is um, how often do you run into black cowboys within the, the Western, the Western pleasure Pleasure world. <laughs> There's one. Her name is Natil, um, and she's amazing. Um, her last name is Barnett. Her dad, Reggie Barnett. They're down in Texas, mm-hmm. um, and Natalie is the mom. And uh, we we found each other, and actually, APHA did a thing on um, American Paint Horse Association. Had uh, Reggie and I, who were both national directors, we were both appointed, not elected, mm-hmm. um, but the president thought we need more black representation. They found us. They put us on the national board. They asked us to come in and do a session about about being black, about diversity mm-hmm. and, and the association. It was actually really well attended, which surprised me, um, just to be fair. And um, 
um, Reggie and I became fast friends. And so his daughter, um, Natil, last uh, two years ago, she won reserve champions, highest ranking black woman to win a world title. Um, wow. And um, yeah, she's amazing. She's this young black woman. <laughs> she rides a horse named Doug the Thug. Like they're not playing, we're not playing out here. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and Doug thugged it out. And um, that horsemanship pattern was was magic. She's beautiful. She rides like an angel. Like she, she just looks amazing on these horses and she can ride. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and those are, those are my black friends. Like that's, that's yeah. it. Um, and, and so why, why do you think that is? Well, I mean, I, um, I mean, for a lot of reasons, I mean, the first, which, you know, I think people get mad when I say it is, you know, black people weren't, black people couldn't participate in these events. Um, you know, these associates, this, these associations, and I mean, quarter horse and American paint horse association and probably Appaloosa, all they don't know their history as well. They come up in the in the in the early late sixties, early seventies. They kind of emerge as these associations, and um, and there was segregation, and and you know we had ju- we were just at the precipice of ending segregation, and these associations were for white people, whether they set it on the door or not. They were for white people. Everyone could pay their money and register their horse, but these events that are put on were put on by the white breeders, by the the white people made the standard. They they owned the studs. They had the they had the legacy horses, and so these events were white. And um, when I was growing up, you know, the I I didn't know about Western Pleasure, and my dad always was like, "You should ride Western Pleasure." And um, we didn't ever go and show one because I didn't have a registered horse. Um, and two, because they were held out in a place called Brentwood in California that was known to be like where white Klansmen lived. People think that there's no clans in these rural, in these urban places, and that's not true. And and so we didn't feel welcomed, you know, and, and people are like, oh, well, you could have just gone. Like, you know, you guys, you know, white people aren't going where they know the Black Panther Party is. Why would yeah. we, why should I go take my, haul my horse out to somewhere where I know there's not just people who don't like black people. They're actively people who want to hurt black people. We're not mm-hmm. welcome there. And I think if the, you know, I think the association has to take responsibility for the fact that if they didn't know, they should have known. Um, and that those decisions, where they held it, how they held it, kept black people from participating. And so mm-hmm. this hasn't been a thing. I think now, to be honest, this is sort of, I think it's, I think it's going to have a revival, but you know, it's all about cow sports. Now everybody wants to do working cow something yeah. and that's what's in style. That's what's in vogue. Mm-hmm. Western pleasure is really out of fashion. If there's a fashion for horses, it's out. Mm-hmm. It'll come back. It always does. But, um, you know, now I think it's just, I think it's in general, the association and numbers are, are much smaller than they used to be. Um, yeah. but I love it. I'm, I'm too old. To, what I'm, I'm listen, I'm 44. I'm about to be 44 years old in 50 something days. I can't be out here running these barrels, honey. Listen, mm-hmm. I'm not paying for that. I'm not going to have friends. I can't come off a horse <laughs> like I used to. Okay, this, I don't bounce back. Um, I just yeah. break, bones break. Um, and so for me, going slow and um, and just working on the nuance of my riding, which is what I think of as Western pleasure. It's, you know, can you put that, can you put your leg on a horse and just hold it there? Really hold it there, not move it. Uh, riding with a spur, making it look something that's so, people think going slow is hard. I mean, it's going easy, easy, is easy. People think going slow is easy and it is so hard to slow a horse mm-hmm. um, And to do that in a way that is natural, you know, we don't do the peanut roll. We don't do that anymore, peanut roll. We don't do any of that really uh, artificial gating. Um, yeah. These horses are bred to do it. You get on one of these horses and you go that slow and you're like, whoa, can I, I want to do that again? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is where I've been putting my time and energy. It really works for me. 
Um, it's, um, it's a unique, it's definitely a unique experience. It's a smaller, it's smaller than like the barrel racing world for sure. Um, but I think in that, you know, I'm, I've made good relationships with people. I, I like the people I ride with. I like the people in American Paint Horse Association, um, both the people who work for the association and the people who ride in the association. And um, I'm better, I'm better for it. I'm a better rider because I ride Western Pleasure. Um, I'm a better horse owner, a better horsewoman. Um, and it has forced me to really be clear about my values as a, a black cowgirl um, and about what it means to compete, um, to compete and to compete to win um, yeah. at this age. Yeah. And, and I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. And now you just brought out that you're uh, 44. So the reason why this is also a very special interview is because most people that I, that I, most of the cowboys and cowgirls that I interview, um, they're they're usually within my generation and so my my next question is um you've seen the cowboy world a lot more than um than i have than a lot of other people have and being i didn't even grow up into it I, like you've definitely seen um more than i've had and with you traveling with the bill pickett rodeo um through the southern states um and all of these experiences what progress have you noticed regarding the black cowboy um, specifically between back when you were younger versus nowadays? Do you feel like the black cowboy has accepted more? Do you feel like we've progressed or, or what do you see the difference between back then and now? Well, I got to clarify because I don't want Bill Pickett folks coming for me. I just rode in California, only Oakland and LA. That was as far as I okay. went. They went on ahead <laughs> to the South. I didn't have money. I was also 17. I wasn't traveling like that. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, listen, I feel like, so the other thing I just will name is I, I am definitely one of the older cow, black cowgirls on the Instagrams and other places. And my dad was a black cowboy. So I'm actually like mm -hmm. second generation. So I really grew up in this. We have a lot of, you know, I pushed cattle when I was 19. I worked on a ranch. Like I've done a lot of things with the horses because horses are part of my soul. Um, mm -hmm. And they're part of who I am. Horses make me a whole person. I can't imagine a, a life without them uh, or not a life that I'd want to live. And um, I think that the I think that the image of black cowboys goes up and goes down. And I think mm -hmm. cowboys in general go up and go down. We have these moments, you know, we have Yellowstone, which is totally peaking interest. Yeah. You no, know? mm -hmm. you know, you get, you get Rainers on television for the first time, you know, now we're going to have four sixes. I mean, we all know that's going to be cowboy crazy for another few years. Um, and then we get these moments like the movies that you were and I were talking about and these, these moments where we lift up black cowboys and we say, oh my gosh, like this is a thing. And I think we're in that moment. Um, you know, we have amazing black photographers. We have amazing, beautiful black models. We have, um, you know, young people like you, you have podcasts, you are a rancher, like you have to work your full day and then you come and do this. You know, we have, a, we are continuing to expand and push. And I think, um, I think that will continue. I think overall, the relationship between black people and the rest of America is tense. You know, we just celebrated 10 years of the murder of Trayvon Martin. Um, you know, Black Lives Matter has existed for 10 years. Um, and we're still seeing like, you know, violence against black people at the hands of policemen is, is not going away. It's not that different. Um, and that's not to take away from the advances that we have made. 
Um, and I think to also remember there's a, there's this meme that says, you know, how long we were enslaved, how long we lived in segregation. We're only 50 years out of segregation. You know, we, to ask that somehow we are, we have risen to our fullest extent that we are fully accepted is that's unreasonable. That's not how time is. And it certainly is not how human beings are. And so, yeah. um, you know, I think that black, and, and I, I have to say for me, I don't think that black when I think about who would have to accept black cowboys, it's not white people. I don't do this for white gays. I'm not on the Instagram for white people. I'm on the Instagram for black people to remind us that we look like everything, to lift up our stories, to tell who we are and to be a part of a larger narrative about cowboys in general. That's not for white people, for me. Yeah. I, I am I am blackity black, 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 black. And so mm -hmm. everything that I do is about how to make sure that that my folks feel seen. You know, when I have young black women who are like, how do I do, you know, Last year, someone said, I want to, I want to show. And I said, what do you mean? She said, I don't have nothing. I sent her a shirt. I was like, here's a, here's a shirt. You ride in this and you, you, you like it, you keep it. You, you don't like it. You send it back. And you know, she's like, oh, I need a saddle pad, send her a pad. Like, you know, I'm here to help other black people get in, get in mm -hmm. the door, be in this industry. Um, because it's not just because it's an industry, not even for the money. It's like, if your soul calls you to horses, you better answer because there's some yeah. really good stuff on the back end of that. And that's not for everybody, yeah. but if it's for you, I, I want to be a part of that. And I, I want us to remember that black people get to be a part of that. We get to yeah. choose. Yeah. To and choose. I, I agree with that. I agree with that hundred percent. And I always, I'm always telling, I'm always saying that, um, like I've become known for, for like, I, like I'm always saying it about how my biggest goal is I'm not doing it. I'm not even doing it for my generation of black cowboys. Um, I'm doing it for the next generation of black cowboys. And that's it. I just did an uh, interview yesterday, which will be coming out later this month, um, of a white mother who she has to, she like her and her, uh, her husband's a cowboy. Um, they have cows and cattle and everything. And, but they just adopted two black babies and she's ever since my podcast has been up for all of two months now <laughs> but ever since i've been like on here uh she she immediately followed me and she's been like showing her like her three-year-old son watches my videos religiously her five-year-old daughter watches my videos religiously and she's like it's a big thing that like every day they're like like it, it started off with her every day saying hey let's watch let's watch cowboys of dixie and and now they're asking and and now he's talking about how he wants to be a cowboy with a lot of horses and and all of this stuff because he saw someone who looked just like him at only three years old but he saw someone who looked just like him as a cowboy and that's 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 what i tell people is like one of my biggest goals is i get so many like people um I get so many people, even older people, um, but I get so many people that that message me like daily telling me how I've inspired them to to go and try to try to do this. They never even knew that black people could be cowboys. And now they're they're interested in it or their kids are watching my stories and seeing that. Oh, my goodness. Like I could be a black cowboy. I just had a woman today um, just say she homeschools her kids and she's going to be like today, for today's lesson. She's listening to my podcast for the lesson um like for the for their history lesson and so that's that's one of my biggest goals is to make it normal to the next generation that the black cowboy is is is, is a thing and, and so 
Or, I was going to say, don't, don't sleep. I mean, you, you are, you're, you're changing the game. I mean, you have, you know, I think, I think we don't, I think it's so hard in this moment with Instagrams and all the, all the socials, like, you know, you, your legacy is cemented two weeks of podcast, two months of podcast, whatever it is, you are now in the legacy. This is it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is so important and it takes so much courage. So I just want to appreciate you for even wanting to step out and do this. You have, listen, I've been a rancher for like, you know, three months and I, I don't know, that's a lot of work. So, you know, to do that all day and then come in and want to lift up and uh, the images that you have on your Instagram are super beautiful. Um, you know, I think they tell a different tale, a different kind of story about who we are and when that needs to be told. And um, I just feel like, you know, sometimes we're looking to make a legacy and it's already made. And I just hope, you know, your work is amazing and that you are, you're really, you know, you're helping to change this whole game. And I'm just so honored. I'm so honored to be here with you and to know you and I'm grateful for you and your ancestors for even putting you in this way. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting, interesting thing, but, but yeah, I just, I just felt like somebody like, because I was, I met Ivan and I, we talked about it a little bit on his podcast too. Um, but I met him because somehow Stetson found me. Um, like Stetson found me somehow. I don't even know. I don't know how none of the companies found me, honestly. But Stetson found me somehow and reached out. Like they emailed me and asked me like, hey, we want to do a Stetson story on you. And when I met Ivan, he, he blew my mind because I like I wasn't showing like I wasn't a black cowboy on Instagram at, at this time and I wasn't really into social media or anything. So when I met Ivan a couple of years ago, it blew my mind because literally the only cowboys I knew were real life cowboys. I didn't even know anything about like I didn't even know anything about like celebrity country artists, cowboys like the Darius Ruckers and all of them. I didn't I had no idea about any of them. Like I knew the cowboys in real life and that was it. Like I didn't. And, and when I met Ivan and saw his photography, like they told me, like, we're going to send this photographer down, look up his Instagram. And I go on my wife's Instagram to like try to find his Instagram. And and, and I'm certain I search and I'm like, I know it's black cowboys out here. And, and ever since I met him, like, I've just been amazed because I just been it's just been story after story after story. And um that's why and and yeah it's he inspired me to just be able to go out there and so i give 100 credit to everything i'm doing right now is i'm just walking the blueprint that ivan put out for so many of us um out there and just started opening up doors and well i hope that you talk to him you tell him he needs to come photograph me in some of this world show business now Mm -hmm. i mean don't worry he can't miss me (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure he, he, he definitely will. He's he's big on 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 telling telling black cowboy stories, and that's that's just his his thing and his his whole legacy. But but yeah, and so and it's 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 just funny because now um, brands reach out to me. But you had said something earlier about uh, the TV show that you weren't casting in because of how because you didn't fit the the narrative. And I and I meant to touch on it when you talked about it, but I'm gonna go back to it. That reminds me of um, about two months ago or no, it was about three months ago, two or three months ago, uh, a company, uh, alcoholic beverage company reached out to me, um, a vodka company reached out to me. uh, And it's because I just did the commercial for uh, Lone River Ranch Water um, Mm -hmm. out in West Texas. And then like after that, somehow all these companies started reaching out yeah. 
like like crazy. I don't I don't know how, but I just started getting texts like, "Hey, I'm a I'm doing this commercial, and so and so gave me a number and said this." But one company reached out, and it was very interesting what they wanted me to do. Um, and so they reached out and said, "Hey, we are we need we need a black cowboy for this commercial." And someone told us like that you're a black cowboy out of Texas. The it's going to be up in Dallas. We'll fly you up. We'll do all of this. Like we'll we'll lay out the red carpet for you as long as you can make it make it possible to be able to come up and do our commercial. I was like, okay, yeah, that's that's fine with me. And it was very interesting because the follow up was like, okay, can you hop on Zoom with us, really, or not Zoom? It was it was an, it was an app like Zoom, but like an interview app. That's like, can you hop on Zoom with us real quick to just go over some things? I'm like, yeah. And it was a bunch of white people, and then it was one uh, black girl um, that was in charge of the commercial, and all of them, all of them were in charge. But it was it was a couple of white people, and then a, a black girl. And they started asking me like, "Okay, like show us your best two step. Do you wear gold chains? Do you wear gold teeth? And stuff like this as on on the interview. And it's be, like it's because like in their mind, I'm supposed to. in their mind the only black cowboy is the urban cowboy and so they're asking me all this stuff and so I I had to I stopped and asked them like are y'all looking for a cowboy or are y'all looking for something else like I'm like I'm like because it's it don't it it sound like y'all looking for more little Nas than cowboy right and 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 they're like and I'm like I'm and so I told them like I don't dance I don't wear any of that I wear exactly what I have on right now this is my only wardrobe that I have on which is a Wrangler shirt, a Wrangler Pearl Snap Ranch shirt and some dirty jeans and some boots with spurs and my Stetson. And, and, and I told him like, I, and so I just told him like, I don't do any of that. And, and the, the black girl was just sitting there, like, like she was sitting there quiet, like embarrassed that she was, that she was working alongside these people. And she, and she kept on trying to cut them off as they were going too far, but they just weren't getting the hit like whatsoever. And so I don't know if she had a talk with them or 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 what, but they ended up calling me the next day, telling me how much they appreciate me sticking my ground and saying this about and saying like I'm not a I'm not country I'm cowboy and I don't do all of this crazy stuff and 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 all this they're like so we want you to come up we 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 want you to come up and we want you to like help us like like help us with it help us make the cowboy look like a like a real black cowboy and I was like okay I'm on the plane get there. And then I find out they just wanted me to. And then as I'm getting off the plane, a, a text message comes in when we hit under 10,000 feet. And it's like the it's, it's somebody who I haven't been in contact with that's, that's supposed to be picking me up from the airport and stuff. He picks me up and then he's talking. And he's like, so they said you're the stunt double. And I was like, and, I, and, and so I'm like, I'm like stunt double for what? There's like, yeah, they got they got somebody else and they have you doing a stunt double. So they went and got a black model guy who knows nothing about cowboy none of the guys knew nothing about cowboy it was four of them they just went and got four black young kids um who just wanted wanted money and and were pretty and brought them in they were all literally sitting there talking about how that's the first time they ever wore cowboy boots and they were literally probably from party city cowboy boots they were (laughs) (laughs) and but they like like they were in love with in love with it like they were like and and everything and it was very interesting um it was very interesting because they they brought a real black cowboy up, saw what a real black cowboy looks like, and said, "We only want him to stunt double, and but we want the the we want to paint the narrative of of this. So this is what we're going to show, but this is what we're going to use. We aren't like like we're going to bring we're going to fly like 
I was the only person out of everybody in the commercial that they flew into town. Yeah, of course. So they went out of their way to bring this black, this real black cowboy up just to paint a narrative that, look, the black, the real black cowboys dress like this and do this. And it was, I, I talked about that for, man, that, that, that didn't sit real with me at all. And, and then I, but then it just happened to be that company because I was talking, because they ended up sending me home early because uh, it was me. It was only it was only two real cow cowboys there at all, and it was me and the EMS girl. Like she weren't she wasn't in the commercial. She was the EMS person who they had to have an EMS person on site of commercials just in case something go bad. Me and her were the only people who knew anything about cowboy lifestyle in the entire area, and both of our faces were looking at everything like, "What is going on here?" And then and then on top of that, it was four young black guys, and then it was like a bunch of. And then the, the the second casting call was for they needed 40 older white guys in trench coats to be dancing around them in the saloon. <laughs> it was a very right. interesting, yeah, it was a very right. interesting look. It was a very interesting look to where even the the assistant um who was who they, they sent me home early because they read my face and they was like, okay, he's not he's not yeah. liking this. So they sent me home early. Still got paid for the entire thing, but they sent me home early and it, it was funny because the assistant was telling me uh he was saying that he, he, he was like, yeah, like, I just felt so, I just feel so weird being part of this commercial, but it just, it just shows me like, it, it just showed me that they're willing to like that. It's the, that's what really made me say it's the media because they took a real black cowboy, went out of their way, paid him more money than they paid everybody to fly him up and gave him like a hotel, all of this stuff, just to paint him as, yeah. as what fits the media. And that was just, that was just very interesting to me. Well, so not then, just the media, right? It's the stereotype about, mm-hmm. it's it's like, even when we are here, even when we're here, now we have to fit some other kind of stereotype about what you think black people, like what black cowboys are. I feel like this all the time, you know, people are like, like some of the like cowboys or whatever, they'll be like, yeah, girl. And I'd be like, yeah, you're my, somebody call me a homegirl. And I was like, did you just call me homegirl? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, I'm not your homegirl. Mm-hmm. First of all, why did you call me that? <laughs> first of all, what are you talking about? Don't say, don't say words you don't know. Don't do mm-hmm. that. Two, I'm not your home. Like, I don't know what you think this is that I'm like some ghetto girl riding horses. Like my mother is a doctor. Okay. <laughs> I, think I don't, just the whole narrative of what people think a black person is, is off with mm-hmm. me. It doesn't track yeah. with me. And so when people try and put that box on me, now I'm not saying I can't be a home girl. I mean, I can, mm-hmm. I'm from East Oakland. Like I know how to get down, but yeah. that is for me to decide. That is not for white people to put on us. And mm-hmm. this is, I think our challenge right now as black people in this industry is to say, listen, we know we're the hot commodity, but for you, I love that you're saying like, you weren't down with this. And they sent you home and good because you probably should have left. Either way, I don't think that was going to go the way they had planned it to. Um, And we need to tell them, no, that's not the story. That's the wrong story about who we are and what we have. And and unless we step up and say, I'm not going to take your money. I'm actually not going to do this thing unless you do it right. Um, I think we will continue to be in the, in this place where, I mean, yeah. also companies out there listening, don't put white people in white, anything around black people. It just screams Ku Klux Klan. It's a terrible, <laughs> terrible idea. <laughs> terrible idea. But yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That trench coat, that trench coat, uh, look was just, it was, it was extremely weird. <laughs> it was, it was a very weird, uh, commercial. So then, uh, I got two more questions for you. Yeah. Um, one is so 
what is your goal when riding to win is over? What do you want to have accomplished for the Black Cowboy? Oh, I mean, listen, I um, I started riding to win to, to like chronicle my horse journey. I often think of Instagram as like the place that people will go back and look at my photographs to tell some part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the story I get to craft about myself, which I love um, in terms of platform. That's what I love about social media. Um, Listen, when I'm going, I, I mean, when this is over, whatever that means, I, I hope that we can say I'm the first Black woman to ever win a world championship in the American Paint Horse Association. I just put this one caveat. My only other hope would be that Natil beats me to it, and she's the first <laughs> one, and I'm the second. Um, but, um, you know, and that my my legacy as a Black cow girl in, um, is to help share a bigger story about who black people are and who we can be, mm-hmm. that we are everything, that we are culture starters and culture makers. You know, we start bulldog. There is no bulldogging without Bill Pickett. You don't even mm-hmm. have that. That is one of the biggest, biggest classes in the rodeo circuit. Everybody wants to bulldog. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, there's no curb bit without black people. There's no, there's no none of this without black people and um, and to not just have us be historical phys- figures, but like current day figures that we continue to make history, that we are part of the, the part of what makes the legacy of cowboying in America great, that we are part of the American fabric of the cowboy world and of the United States. And um, I hope that people say I had a part in that. It doesn't matter to me if it's a big or small part, but that I was a part of that. I love what you just said, where you said um, the goal of not just being historic figures, but current figures. That's 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 true too. Because um, if even if the if you, even if you start showing the Bill Pickett's, you still should have to show the 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 current Cowboys as well. And so, I, I agree with that one hundred percent. Black people are making history every single day. We still mm-hmm. we're still on the frontier of everything. Yeah. Um, and you know, listen, let's be honest, like you can say what you want about that film, but it made cowboy and fresh and people mm-hmm. are like, I want to be a black cowboy and I want to be a black cowboy. <laughs> and, um, you know, we're the style makers of everything. We always have been, and it's not different now. Um, and it's part of the reason that I think it's so important for us to just claim our space unapologetic. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm to be unapologetic about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then my last question is anything big happening with you, um, over at Ride to win or with you or anything you have coming up that you want to tell people about? That's sweet and unexpected. Yes. Um, <laughs> my best friend and I actually, um, launched a company called Aspen on Maine Co. Um, and it is our homage, our attempt to remind people that black people have been in this fashion game and that we slay. So we curate, um, mostly American made actually, um, small batch clothing or, or an online boutique, um, for women of all sizes and, um, folks can come over and see Western inspired looks. Um, and really it's about like having your own style. It's about making mm-hmm. style your own. Um, uh, we have a bunch of cute stuff and, and we're launching specials all the time. There's a Valentine's day special right now called looks of love, where we basically remind you how to dress. You've got the earrings, you've got the purse, you've got the necklace, you got all the stuff. You can buy it all, uh, get 20% off at, uh, Aspen on Um, so that's nice. up with me. And, and for everybody listening, I'll make sure to put all of her um, social media contacts and the Aspen um, contact down in the podcast bio below. So make sure you guys go down to check that out. Um, 
and it's it's about fashion and you guys can't see her but i see her right now and she's definitely fashionable so <laughs> the hat itself the hat itself sets the tone so. thank you so much thank you but yeah, so much but, but thank you so much esperanza for coming on and cowboying with me for this little bit of time and just just setting such a a, a big example for the next generation of black cowboys and for the black cowboy in general um you are one of the parts um that are making history right now for us and you're one of the people who people are looking up to and looking at it as an example so thank you so much for that and um for just giving people with our skin tone a voice within this industry thank you so much for having me and thank you for doing this i'm really looking forward to seeing all that you do with your career um you are such a shining star and i'm so grateful for you